shit like I invented this shit. Yeah, I'm really good, yeah, I don't know my limit. Yeah. If I want it, I'ma get it. I'ma give it by the minute till I'm. Yeah. All right, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Freestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Ting. And today I've got an amazing guest to introduce to you guys. His recent success has been something incredible and so inspiring to watch. He's an incredible comedian and the host of his very own A Stupid News Network on his YouTube channel. I'm super excited for you to be here. Welcome to the show, Nima. Yo, thanks, Derek. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. It's a pleasure. Yeah. First, first of all, dude, congratulations on your recent success, not only opening up for, for Russell Peters, I saw, saw some of those, yeah. um, but also announcing your own tour and then also selling out of multiple shows already. Yeah. Could you, could you kind of tell me how you feel? Like what, what is, what are the emotions going through your head right now with all of this recent success coming to you? Uh, it's crazy, man. Um, it's, it's all so surreal, to be honest. I, I never thought this early in my career shit like this would happen. Um, like uh, Russell Peters was my idol from the beginning, like getting into comedy and he was a voice for our generation, you know, like I'm sure you're probably the same age as me, maybe like are you 27, 28, 26. Yeah. Okay. Same Cl- thing, yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Close yeah. enough. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we were growing up, like he, uh, Russell Peters was like the main guy to kind of spark that sense of humor of like cultural jokes and racial jokes and, you know, all that stuff like that. And, um, he was always an inspiration to me, like, uh, as a, as a, as a kid even watching him on TV doing stand-up in the back of my mind, I was always like, man, I wish I could do that one day. Just like not even knowing that I would be doing it like 20 years later. Right. Um, but man, like the fact that I just pursued my passion in comedy like seven years ago, and now I'm at this point where I'm opening for Russell, it's all coming full circle together. Uh, it's like unbelievable. It's a feeling I can't really describe. It's just, it's the best feeling in the world. And it's definitely the milestone and the highlight of my career in my life. So Dude, yeah. and there's, I feel like there's so much more to come for you as oh, well. For sure. I mean, I feel like it's just the start of the beginning now. It's like, I'm just ready for what's to come. And that's it, man. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a nonstop grind and, and process. And yeah. It's, it. it's crazy to hear about, you know, how we grew up watching Russell Peters and then, you know, thinking about wanting to be a comedian and thinking about sharing a stage with him. And then now, you know, now, you know, at 27, you're opening up for his shows. Which yeah. is like absolutely insane. So yeah, I know. It's, unbelievable. it's unbelievable. So take me back to like seven years ago when you first got started in comedy. What got you into comedy and, and how did you kind of realize that you know you have like a knack for it? Well, I I I was I always was the funny guy in my group of friends, my family, like work, like everywhere I'd go. Like I was always the funny guy. Like people would always tell me, Oh man, you're so funny. And you're like, yo, Nima, do this because like you're hilarious. Like, yo, you, he's like you can make this joke or whatever the fuck it was. Um, and I was always one to kind of rebel against academics in school, even though like I was good at it, you know, math, science, like immigrant parents, bro. Like, you know, like, you know, you're Asian parents, bro. It's like, yeah, be good at math, science, fucking all this other shit, physics. And I did it all. And I did well because I tried because I wanted to make my parents proud and whatever. Cause they came from like Iran as refugees to come to this country to have a better life. And like, you know, obviously me dropping out to go to fucking clown college wasn't a part of their plan when they left. Right. So, but that's the thing, man, like it's just a different life. It's a different generation over here. And I just had it in me. Like I just knew like somewhere or other, like one day, like I'd find something that would work out for me. Cause like, not, I don't really like anything I'm doing in terms of the academics here. Like, you know, I always kind of slacked off and I didn't really care as much. 
Um, and then when I got, went to university, I went to U of T. To, uh, I, was in, I was in kinesiology. I was like, yeah, it's cool. But like, I still, I can't do this the rest of my life. It's got to be something else. Like, I, 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 I still didn't know that I could do comedy full time and professionally. Um, but I was heavy into YouTube at those few years. And I was like binge watching YouTube videos, stand up comedy, sketches, skits, impressions, like pranks, everything. Um, and then I found out that there's a there's a comedy school at Humber College after my first year uni. And I was like, what the fuck? There's a comedy school and it's a two year program. And it pretty much teaches you the foundations of like stand up comedy, acting, physical comedy, improv, like everything like that. And as soon as I discovered that, bro, like it was immediately clicked for me. And I, I immediately made the decision to drop out because I'm like, you know what, man, this is exactly what I need to do. I knew it. I knew there's something and I felt it in my bones. I'm like, oh, this is my calling. I just know it. And I made that, I took that risk right away. Didn't even tell my parents. I dropped out, went back home and told them exactly how I felt and what I wanted to do. And that I believed in, I just believed in it. I don't know why I believed in myself so much that I could do this. And then they had no choice but to support it. And uh, that's where I was also very lucky because, like, usually immigrant parents, like Middle Eastern and like Asian, like much stricter, much tougher. And they're like, no, like, what do you mean? You're, you're an idiot. Like, that's not happening. Um, but then my parents were like, you know what, man? Like, he's obviously convinced and like that he can do this. So it's like, we can't change his mind now. Like, they just, they knew they couldn't change my mind. So they're just like, all right, man, well, if you're going to do this, you better do it 100%. And ever since that day, bro, I fuck, I have taken it hundred percent and I've been grinding and I just made it happen, man. I just, you know, I had to do it. Dude, I could see it from social media. Like the, the amount of content that, you, that you've been posting, like on TikTok, on Instagram, like okay. YouTube, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even want to try to do it, <laughs> but, but uh, I have so much respect for you for, for taking that leap and then, you know, doing it before you asking, as I think, um, obviously you know middle eastern and asian parents are a little bit more strict and then you have to go through the the stem process but i think there's a level of confidence that that comes with the decisions that you made that you know you you were so confident in it that you kind of like went full out did everything that you needed to do and then told them so i think there's like a level of respect from parents when they see their kid kind of like shine and like know what they want as opposed to you know some people are like you know school's not for me but I don't know. Like, I don't know where to go. And I think you yeah, had yeah. that confidence and that, that yeah. vision to, to go out there and really just pursue comedy full force. Um, did you have a, a plan B like, or any sort of safety net when you, when you jumped over? No, hell no. You know why? Because I always thought from the beginning, I'm like, if I'm going to do something, bro, I'm just going to go all in. Like, because there's no way you're going to make it if you have a plan B. You, you having a plan B already cancels yourself out. You're already canceling yourself out because you're already telling yourself, oh, like this might not work out. So it's like, obviously, you're not going to be the best at it, right? Yeah. So you, yeah. So, no, I never had. I, ne I always believed in myself. I always believed that this is the one. And like, I'm going to make it doing this. And that was uh, the start of this was about seven years ago. Yeah, it was the uh, summer of 2014. I dropped out. Oh, wow. And then uh, this November 11th, or 14th of 2014 is when I started my YouTube channel. Cause I, I, I had to audition to get into that, uh, the Humber comedy program in February of 2015, uh, 24, uh, 2015. Um, so I had to wait to audition and then get in oh. and then start in September of 2015. So in the meantime, I was like, yo, I have to, I can't just sit around all day. 
I just, I have to try to doing something that has to do with comedy. So I started writing jokes, sketches, like filming YouTube videos. Like I started doing it all. Um, and then I auditioned, I got in right away because I fucking killed it. And I, I knew it. I knew I could do that. And um, I was like one of the very few people that they selected early on. Um, and that's it, man. Like I just kind of like, I just, that was a journey. That was the beginning of the journey for me. And I knew what it took. I understood what it took. Um, it was a lot of sacrifices and a lot of hard work and dedication, but I knew it. And then I stuck with it. And here I am today. <laughs> so what would you say is how like you balanced your, the sacrifices that you had to make to do it? Cause I know there's, there's so many young creatives out there that, that want to do something similar to a path that you're doing, whether it's, you know, full on comedian, stand up com- comedian, or doing like even acting and getting into acting. You know, like what kind of sacrifices should someone who wants to get into the space be prepared to to sacrifice, to let go? That's crazy because I was just talking about this with um, with my dad and a couple of friends. Like the amount of shit you got to sacrifice in order to be great is is more than you think. Like um, it, you're going to have to you're going to you're going to lose relationships. You're going to lose friendships like you're going to lose out on a lot of different opportunities and like. I, I knew that early on that I'll, I'll, this would happen, but I'm like, I always think, cause like Kobe Bryant, I always have to bring him up because Kobe Bryant's my idol, bro. This guy rest in peace, obviously, man, like um, it destroyed me when he, when he died, but um, he was a big inspiration for me just in life in general, because his message was always like, man, like um, why would I go out and party when I can just go into the gym and like get better at my own craft and get better at my skill. Like no wonder he's one of the greats. Right. So like, that's what it takes. If you want to be great, you're going to have to sacrifice this shit. It's like, am I like, would I rather like go out on a Friday night and Saturday night and get drunk with my, with my friends or like write more sketches or write more stand-up material or go do, go do more sets and get better myself. Um, and that's what I chose. The, the latter is what I chose because I cared so much about being the best and proving to myself and to others that this is truly my calling. And that like, I did this, you know, I, and I was, and I was right. And I was right about it. And I, 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 I make, I didn't make the wrong decision um and so there's just there's so much i missed so many birthday parties so many events a cottage trips trips to this place that place this person's thing that person's thing like you name it like i missed so many but like i wouldn't be here if i went to those things right my, yeah, my career absolutely. would not be this much more, more successful if i if i if i just continued to be a pushover and, and just like kind of like ah oh, fuck it let's have some fun i still had fun because i love what i'm doing i'm just saying like I didn't need to do those things. Right. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so you had like, I mean, Kobe, Kobe is a huge inspiration to me too. And, and it's yeah. just like the, the greats separate themselves from learning from other greats and, you know, Kobe, yeah. Kobe's Kobe's work. Oh my God. His, his mentality was, was something Mama else. Mentality, bro. Mama mentality. Mama mentality is absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, but that's something that like, I've heard you talk about a lot. Um, in other shows and you focus a lot on discipline and, and these, these habit building and things that, you know, most creatives don't really it's kind of overlook um, what kind of put you on the path of saying like, Hey, you know, even though I'm a creative and I got to create all this content, like I needed some sort of like regimented kind of schedule of for all of my days or my weeks. Yeah, well, we started like a few years ago when I crashed and burned um, when I was oh, my life was way too chaotic. Um, it was just before the pandemic, actually, like literally as the pandemic started, 
um, just before it, I was out on the road, like doing a lot of random stand-up shows and like, I wasn't eating well, I was sleeping like shit. Um, you know, I was, I was on my phone the whole time, like just scrolling on apps, like 14 hour screen times, like insane, and just no control, just complete chaos until I crashed and I burned, I needed help. And so I asked my brother, my brother's a big part of my life. I asked him, I was like, yo man, like I need help. I, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I feel like shit. I want to get better um as much as like i was still like posting a lot of content like i was still doing my job it was very like almost bare minimum you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um because that was when i started to build a little following i started to get more attention from girls and like this these people and this person and like you know like it's something that unique that not many people have to deal with on a daily basis like no normal person has to go through this shit so it's like i didn't know how to deal with it um it's still all new to me so when i crashed and burned the pandemic started, which was actually perfect timing because I got to just stay home for a whole month and do nothing. Like I literally ghosted everybody. Like I went radio silence. I didn't post shit. I didn't do any work, any career stuff for the first time in my life. I focused on not just Nima Naz, like the entertainer. I focused on Nima Nazari, the human being and on myself. Right. Uh, And I start to like, like form some habits, some basic, I start from zero like, you know, developing certain habits and goals and writing shit down and like organizing my day, planning my day, my week, um, you know, just like bettering every aspect of my mind and my body. And that was when it changed my life completely. Um, and that ever since then, like the discipline thing you're talking about um, was when we start to incorporate that, like making sure I, I, I have a plan, a schedule for my week. So I know exactly what to work on in certain times. And then that's it, man. It's pretty much, it's just a constant like um, process. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing about that. And like something that I, I think is important to point out is if you asked for help when you needed it. And like, I think that that is so key in, uh, especially for creatives where, you know, burnout is not something that is easy to go through, but it's common, but it's very hard to kind of reach out to somebody and be like, Hey, like I need help. Like what do I, what do I do here? What do you think I could do? And then actually go out and, and better yourself as a result oh, yeah. of it. So what do yeah. you think were like, cause I know you, you said you basically started from zero. What were like your top habits that you were built that you were able to build that has served you the most? Well, main one was my food, the food. Cause I, I had an addiction to food my whole life. I was always a bigger guy. I was always fat, obese, whatever the fuck it was. It was very unhealthy. Ate a lot of junk food. Ate a lot of shit. Um, had no discipline with that. Binge ate a lot. And then also sleep was a very big struggle for me. It's like, it's so crazy because sleep is the easiest and like most free thing in the world. Yeah. A lot of people fuck it up and it's such an important thing. Like more than people think um, I would sleep crazy, late, wake up crazy, late, just like, you know what I'm saying? It was chaos. Um, so I start to work on those instead. Like I was like, okay, let me, I wake up at, I don't know, like what, 1 PM, 2 PM. Let me at least take it to 12 first. And then from there I went to 11 and then 10, you know what I mean? Like, and then like now consistently like wake up at 8 AM. Right. So this took years to just develop that, which is crazy. Um, and also going to sleep on time, like instead of sleeping at 4 AM or 5 AM, like an idiot, um let me sleep at fucking like one and then 12 you know what i'm saying and then maybe 11 right um and like I, my life has changed so much ever since doing that 
Um, and also the food thing, man, like I'm, I completely cut out like carbs and gluten and sugar. Um, funny enough, I'm having a Red Bull right now, but um, <laughs> I literally once in a while will have one of these now. Like I, I, like I shouldn't even be intaking any sugar or gluten at all because it fucks up my system. Because I, I actually developed a hypothyroidism, um, which is a Hashimoto's disease. It's an autoimmune disorder, disorder um, which means like uh, my thyroid is like, a, is like it works against me. Like it, it's easy for me to gain weight. Um, especially okay. if I, I digest, if I ingest like gluten and sugar and stuff. Um, but by changing my lifestyle with food over the years and like not being addicted anymore, really, um, it's like really gotten better and almost like I've gotten rid of it in a way. It's like, um, just like eating cleaner, healthier fasting, like all that stuff ha- helped me, um, organic, like high quality ingredients and meats and stuff like that. Nothing processed like really changed a lot for me. Um, and that's, and that was pretty much the main ones that I needed to, to work on. Yeah. I love hearing that from you that like, it's been able to help and you've pretty much removed the food addiction. And then also like the, I, I love the point that you made about sleep and how you kind of slowly progressed into where you're at now. And that it took a few years because I think, you know, perspective, um, perspective is perspective? important. <laughs> I think it's important because, um, most people want a quick fix and they, yeah. they want change fast and, you know, to uh-huh. hear you spell it out that, you know, to change your sleep schedule, it, it took years and, and these habits took years to build yeah. upon. Um, but it also wasn't immediately like, you know, oh, I wake up at 2 PM every day. All right, let's try 6 AM every day. Like there is, there is a level of, yeah. um, kind of like micro steps to be able to get to the end goal of that which is, which is great. And also like the, the Gary V impersonations is how I even found you uh, okay. on TikTok. And <laughs> I do your, when, when you're, con- when you started put, put, uh, posting Gary V content, like I was sharing it amongst like all my friends, cause we're all huge, like fans of, of oh. Gary. And it was, it was great. Cause you know, sometimes you put on your, uh, your content and you can't really tell whether or not it's actually Gary there. <laughs> but how, how did That's you amazing. get into, um, how did you get into doing Gary V impressions? And, and also like, kind of like, how did you get so good at, at those impressions? Well, just like anything else in my life, I've, my the way my brain works is I'm very observant on like the little details in life in general. Like I'll notice small details in people and their mannerisms and their accents and their tone and the way they speak or whatever they do. Uh, and I'm really good at mimicking that obviously. Right. So when I, I, I when, when me and my brother discovered Gary V, like we watched this stuff all the time just to like help us. And it did help us a lot, obviously. Right. Um, but over time I was like, Oh, like I, I, was, I started to like mimic him just for, as a joke, literally. And then, um, we realized like, Oh, this is actually kind of like pretty close to what, how he sounds. And then I start to post it and then people loved it. And I was like, Oh shit, maybe this is a new thing. I started to post more started to blow up, started to do well. I was like, oh shit, maybe I'll do more. And then I started to perfect it. So I was like obsessed with just getting better. And that's it, man. I just kept going and I, I, I committed to it for like two years before he noticed and recognized it. And then like finally he commented, followed, like liked my shit and then invited me out to VCon finally, which was insane. Um, and then, yeah, man, like that's what I do with all of them. Everything I do, every impression, every joke I do, I try to like, I just work at it until I can perfect it pretty much master it. That's awesome. And, you know, you mentioned VCon and that's something that I definitely wanted to get into. Uh, but first for, for Gary, like what, what was like 
the biggest your biggest takeaway from him because i know you and your brother have watched him and you've mentioned that he's like a big inspiration to you like what's something that what are the greatest takeaways that you've taken from him or his content well the main thing honestly was to not judge yourself uh that's something that helped me a lot with my content because i realized like when you get hate comments or whatever it is or it's like shit's not going as well as you think it's not directly on you it's yeah. just a it's just a moment in time it's just it's just the next video it's like maybe that you post something and people aren't on their phones it's a holiday it's I don't know, the algorithm's different or like glitched or whatever it is, right? It's like um, it. not every video is going to hit and you can't expect that. And what he says is that like you can't control quality either, but you can control quantity. And that's what I immediately clicked for me. I was like, oh, you're right. Like, because, you know, content is subjective. Material is subjective. Like you either way, no matter how good you think you are, not everyone in this world is going to like you. And that's yeah. what really made it so much easier for me to just like post shit as much as I could. And that's when I was like, I just went into like flight mode and it started to pump out daily content because I was like, you know what? He's right. Like, you know, there's, there's something for everyone. And I probably don't have that for everyone, but I have it for a large amount of people. And that's what I'm doing it for, for me and those people. So that was the biggest thing I took, that I took away from him. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, your content hit uh, for me and I was like, I've started watching you because of Gary V impersonations. Nice. And then, That's you cool. know, now, now I'm just following your, like everything else you're doing. And it's just incredible to see like where you, you've come through like posting content um, for posting content, dude. Like how was it to, did you ever burn out from having to post so much content each like every day on TikTok? Well, that, I, that, that was when I, I, I burned out that oh, before the pandemic. That uh, was the time. Gotcha. Okay. Because I was always on my phone. I was posting, I was doing a lot of content. I was posting shows, but I was always like scrolling through people's posts, stories. I was replying to DMs, like replying to comments constantly. Like I was so one dimensional for like months on end uh, because I was addicted to like the notifications. I was addicted to the attention. And that, that's a dangerous part too, that like a lot of creators or people don't really kind of understand early on. And then that, that's when they can, you can get, you can just lose it. You can, it's, it's too chaotic. Like not, not, and there's no one who can handle all these notifications for so long. It's not sustainable. Um, and so that's actually why my brother is the one who put uh, screen limits on my apps, on my wow. phone to, to this day, literally ever since that moment, I crashed and burned. It's been um, two and a half years there's still time limits on my phone, on my apps um, that if I hit them in a day, I have to wait till the next day to use it again. So what happens is it forces you to start using these apps as a tool as efficiently as possible, rather than like talking to this extra person or like talking to a girl or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like it eliminates all that shit because now I'm like, Oh fuck. If I don't post my content and I run out of time, I'm fucked. Right. And it only hurts me. So he puts the, uh, the time limit, time, the screen limits on and he has the password. So if I, if I get locked out, he's not going to give it to me because I love it's, that. <laughs> it's, a form of, it's a form of discipline though. Yeah. You know? Uh, and it's really helped. It's helped a lot. And like, I went from like 14 hour screen time to like three. So, you know what I mean? Like, and that, how, look how much time you save though to work on everything else. So it was a, that was a big moment in my, in my life. It was, it was definitely like the peak moment of like change uh, for me. And um, I'm just grateful for that. Dude, I, I might have to steal that one. 
if Bro, you're, trust if, me. It's clutch. Yeah, if you're if you're ta- yeah, the amount of content that you post already and then like your screen time down to like three yeah, hours man. and Bro, people people um people think I'm always on my phone, but I only have an hour for Instagram a day. Not even like TikTok is an hour, Snapchat and Twitter combined is half an hour. It's like I don't have that much time. But because I'm so efficient now of like posting my content and commenting and like posting stories, I'm, I'm doing all that in like the span of 10 minutes. But that's people great. Think I'm just like constantly on there. But that's the that's the that's the trickery. That's the that's the foolery right there. That's great. Oh my god. All right. Well, yeah, man. I'm yeah. taking I'm stealing that one. Yeah, bro. <laughs> that was so yeah, good. It helps you keep in track and keep in, keep on keep on track and like um not lose your focus and, and discipline you a lot, that's for sure. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. I think wow, like to to hear your screen time go from 14 to three and still be able to put out the amount of content that you do. And like, I'm, I'm sure your, your DMS are flooded and like comments oh, yeah. are everything's flooded. So like, sure to be able to do that in three hours is, is kind of incredible. Like I'm, I'm well, slowly starting to wrap my head around that. It's tough, man. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's hard. Like sometimes I do go over my limit. Like, um, like I reach my limit without like finishing something. And I'm, like, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I have to ask my brother to, like, open it for 10 minutes so I can just post some shit and then leave it. Like, like the, there's certain times I still have to do that because even me, I lose track sometimes or, like, I, I get carried away. It's still, like, human nature for me to fall back out of the habit, right? So, yeah. Um, but it's just a matter of, like, continuing to keep on working on it. Um, that's, how, that's the only way you're going to get better. Yeah. And then seeing, um, I, I think you were talking about it on a different podcast, but seeing you, when you saw Gary V kind of at VCon able to like handle and balance like 20,000 things at once. Oh man. Whoa. What was that like? Can you take me through the, the VCon experience? Yeah, it was crazy, bro. The fact that he flew us out to go on stage with him was insane. Um, and he's such a good sport and he's the coolest guy. We met him the first time. Um, yeah, he just, he just came to, he walked in with like four cameramen three assistants walk straight in hey what's up guys well, let's get a picture blah, blah, blah. you know took a picture and then like he starts talking like right away like he's he's like so calculated with his time it's crazy um literally like he like by the minute like his schedule it, like there, he, he's doing like 30 different things in a day i'm doing three it's like insane um but he's very humble and he stays present when he is talking to you which is very nice to see especially someone who i look up to a lot um it's nice to know he's not a fucking dick right he's like yeah very, very, he's actually he pre he, he does what he preaches he practices what he preaches um and yeah man like just be just to be able to see him work too this guy was taking selfies for like six hours straight with people like thousands like four thousand people like some crazy shit um yeah. i don't know i don't know how he does it honestly like but like he's been doing that for years for decades um but yeah like just seeing him at vcon was really cool um being on stage with him and like just having that whole experience was awesome and i just yeah i couldn't be more grateful for that opportunity and uh, who knows man maybe i'll be back vcon 2023 that would be dope that would be dope that would yeah that would be really dope gary vaynerchuk (laughs) gary (laughs) 2.0 series two See, oh yeah, that's right. That was like series two. <laughs> yeah, I, I missed it. I missed going this year, uh, but oh, I saw okay. all the the videos and everything, oh, nice. and, I, and I saw like the just what you were saying, literally taking selfies for like six hours with everybody in line. 
um, but for for those of you who are listening who don't uh, don't don't know what VCon is, VCon is essentially uh, Gary V's conference for his NFT project V friends. Um, and for you, Nima, were you integrate like were you aware of NFTs or V friends or anything like that when you went to when he flew you out to go and and speak at the event? I had no fucking idea to be honest. <laughs> I, have no, I still have no idea what the hell. <laughs> like I know of it, I just yeah. don't know. Like I don't know. I just I don't fully understand it. Gotcha. Um, but like, I see the value, of course. Value. <laughs> um, but that yeah, it's a very bare minimum for me. Yeah. Do you think that like changed how you went into the conference at all? Because I know you opened for it. Like you, you were yeah, the person was that the first opened person the on entire stage. event. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, not at all. Like I know, I know what he says and what he talks about, which is helped me a lot obviously but um like the actual the actual like like executing and knowing what to do with what he's talking about i, I don't understand it that much like that i'm not really it's not even that it's not even interesting to me that much to be honest um but which is fine i don't like i don't have to like like everything so yeah yeah absolutely um but i see i definitely see the value and um like the, you know how it could help and show like that but it, yeah just dude it, i think when I when I saw it, I, I when I saw you get up on stage to like open, I was just it was crazy for me to watch you be able to do that. But also like the fact that like Gary kind of just like put you and I know there was another another guy series three and it just yeah, kind yeah, of AJ. brought you guys both on and like kind of like put you guys out there as series two and series three versions of him. Like how, yeah. how is that? How is that experience? It was so cool, man. Like me and Amy, the other guy, um, we just like, we met up earlier, practiced a couple of lines that we'd riff off of, like of each other when we were on stage and just like, we just kind of improvised it. Like we just kind of went along with it, did what we knew over the years of like doing the content. It's like, just do what you know best. And um, we killed it, man. We fucking it was so smooth. We we're getting like enough laughs for like five minutes straight. Um, and then that's when like, Obviously, Gary V came out. Everyone went wild, and then like we 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 dapped up Gary and took a picture on stage, and like it was just sick. It was so cool, and um, yeah, man, like uh, it's such a it's such a dope opportunity. Like Gary didn't have to do that, but he fucking did because, and that's that's that shows the true character that he has. Um, so much respect to him. Yeah, I I have a lot of respect for him as well. Like being in the entrepreneur space and just watching him work and put out and the amount of value that he gives out to, to other creators out there is, is, I mean, it's, it's unreal. Like it's unreal. he has, he has so much, his time is worth a lot of money. And oh, yeah, the fact sure. that like he, he just gives time away like that. It's, it's, it shows what kind of character he is. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's very, very inspiring. Yeah. So from, you know, from starting off in the comedy space, and then also starting your YouTube channel, starting to put out content, then speaking at uh, VCon, or yes, then opening for VCon, then now opening for Russell and going on your own tour in just later this month, I think. How, how has that process been for you in terms of the struggle that you faced throughout each kind of point in your career as a comedian? Um. Honestly, just like all the shit I had to endure early in my career, uh, it's all worth it for moments like these. Um, 
every time I, I, I remember all the struggles I had, man, all the shows I, I bombed or I had to travel two hours to do five minutes and get no money and lose money. Like, um, yeah, I performed in an attic once in front of a dog at two in the morning. Like I've told this story before, but, um, like, there's so many moments like that, that happened in my career early on that was so tough and discouraging, but knowing that th these things have been happening now on such a big scale and they're actually working out just by like hard work and dedication, it really pays off. And it's, it's, uh, it's all worth it. It's all worth it to me. Um, and yeah, so it's just. Could you actually tell a little bit more of the story of you performing in an attic for, for a dog? <laughs> Cause <laughs> well, I can't even imagine seeing you now, like picturing that, back then bro it's, it was the worst fucking open mic of my life <laughs> uh, I, like it's like definitely it's one of the most popular stories i've told about this uh about my stand-up um about my stand-up struggles at least and um so pretty much i was in my first year i think yeah first year and i i had to travel an hour on the streetcar so are, are you in toronto by the way no, I'm not. I'm in the, I'm in Vegas actually. Oh, you live in Vegas. Yeah. I live in Vegas. Oh, sick. Okay, cool. Um, so I love Vegas, by the way, my favorite place in the world. Um, I'm actually going there in November. I can't wait. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Vegas is the best, but no, um, so I'm in Toronto and the, the standup scene in Toronto is really good. It's like one of the best scenes to be honest in the world. Um, it's great for practice and like, just a lot of, a lot of mics, a lot of shows to do. Um, just no money. Um, but early on in my career, I like I had to like practice, obviously, right? So I'm like, I'll do whatever the fuck it takes to, to get stage time. Absolutely. So year, I lived an hour outside of Toronto, like the city where the open mics were, really. So I had to travel an hour on this, like, uh, I guess you guys have, you know, you have streetcars there. Streetcar is like, for people who don't know, a streetcar is pretty much just like a overground subway ride. It's just on the, it's a bus on fucking on tracks. It's a train. <laughs> yeah. A trolley. Um, it took me an hour to get downtown. Uh, sign up was at 6 p.m. I got there at 4 p.m. So you know what? I'm going to fucking be early and get my name first on the list. Right? So I can go up early and just, like, bounce around. Because, like, in Toronto, you can do, like, three, four open mics in one night if you just, like, get to places early enough. Um, so I went there. I signed up. Um, I was, like, first on the list, whatever. 6 p.m. comes around, and the show is about to begin. And this is the longest-running open mic uh in the city like it's it's literally an eight hour open mic and there's one guy hosted the entire time it's insane um every comedian in the city would come do at least one spot there every week mm -hmm. so um i sign up and then the 6 p.m show starts you know the host goes up there's like 10 people sitting in this fucking attic inside some rundown bar that like i would never otherwise step inside of but because there's comedy I, i'm here um, I go up in this fucking attic and I'm just waiting. I'm like, oh, sick. Like, if I start, I'm probably going to go up like first, right? Uh, I didn't know any better. Um, so he calls up the first comedian. It's not me. Does it goes up, does 10 minutes, whatever. And then next comedian uh, doesn't call my name again. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, it's weird. So I asked him, hey, man, like, uh, am I going up soon? Like, I, I signed up first. I didn't know that, like, when you're a beginner in comedy, like, these people don't, they don't give a fuck. They're just going to bump you for yeah, better yeah. comedians, more seasoned comedians, like, they're more experienced, right? um especially in those prime hours so i'm waiting now like 10 minutes goes by 30 minutes goes by an hour goes by two hours goes by three hours goes by four hours goes by i'm still waiting my name hasn't been called yet 
And I asked him, like, hey, man, am I up soon? I get every fucking little bit. He's like, yeah, yeah, don't worry. I'll put you up soon. Like, give me a couple more. I kept waiting, bro. And the whole night, it's like uh, it's like 1230 in the morning now. And I'm there just waiting. And throughout these hours, I see all the comedians come and go, the audience come and go, people getting drunker, people getting worse, people like comedians getting worse. Because it's just like the later it goes, the worse the people comedians get. And then it's 1.15 a.m. at this point. And there are three people left on this list, including me. And I'm one of the beginners, right? Finally, this guy calls my, my name. I'm second last. And at this point, there's no one there. It's just one guy sitting there, passed out, hammered, foaming out of the mouth, and his dog sitting beside him. And the host leaves. Like, I literally, as soon as I go up on the stage in front of this guy, he's gone. Now I'm literally holding a microphone in my hand. And I'm, like, literally like, oh, hey, uh, so, yeah. And I'm talking about my dick and my fat jokes and shit. And this guy's passed out, and the dog is just staring at me. So I'm literally performing in front of a dog at this point. And the dog's just like, and I'm just, I'm, I'm like, this is fucking terrible. I literally was like, ah, oh, well, this is stupid. No one's here. I put the mic down. I started crying immediately because I'm like, man, I just wasted seven hours to do this bullshit. And then I had to travel back another hour home, lost money, lost experience, whatever, lost, wasted so much time. But like, I still fucking did it. And I still went up on the stage and did my five minutes, whatever, in front of even no one was listening and no one was there. But like, that's what it took, man. Like, and that's that's that story, bro. That's the dog fucking. That's the dog story, and um, it's the most humbling thing I've ever experienced in my life. But Dude. yeah, and it, I mean, it, it I goes wish this... I recorded it. I wish I fucking recorded. It, had it on video. That would have been like, amazing. So I can show people like, what happened. Compare it to fucking now. Right. That uh, would have been amazing to like kind of put out as a as content uh, documentary. Uh, yeah. No, but like in the moment, I mean, you're probably not thinking of no, recording like, this like, wow, in, no. in five years, like no. this, this is going to be and great. And at the time too, like no one was really like documenting shit at the time. It was, this is 2014, 2015. Like, yeah, it's like it's not that big. The like, content creation like that, like vlogging and wasn't that big yet. So, but yeah, I wish I still fucking, but anyway. Um, that was, yeah. was kind of like the start of <clears throat> like the content creation era yeah, back then yeah, too. Exactly. Yeah. But the fact that you were willing to do something like that and then hold out, like it only it only shows you like how much you deserve like the success that's coming your way now. Cause yeah, thanks, man. I know. mean, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's just it's the dedication, bro. It's like because I care, because I fucking care. That's why it's all it is. That's so crazy to me. That's I mean, just to hear how far you've come. <clears throat> And, and the fact that like that show was, was a, a guy who was passed out and, and, a, and his dog. <laughs> and his dog like, was just like drooling. I'm like, this is the worst shit I've like, ever experienced. Now I got to go back home on this fucking, uh, this above ground train that has crackheads on it. And now I have to fear for my life, but you know, it's gotta be done. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. You got to do what you got to do, but that's it. I mean, it's sacrifices, bro. I'm telling you. I mean, like look, that. Look, look at where you are of, now. Hundreds of, hundreds of times like that, on in different ways. Yeah, dude, you you have to be willing to do what others aren't yeah. to be able to achieve the success that most people 
don't get it. Yeah, exactly. Which 100%. is, yeah. That's facts. That's, facts. <laughs> that's, that's great though. So like now that you have all of this stuff coming out, you have your, you have your show, you know, and this is only the beginning for you. I want to hear about what's next, like where your vision's at for, for five, 10, 20 years down the line. I just want to tour the world doing stand-up, sell out stadiums all over the world, just like Russell Peters has been doing for 15 years straight. And I want to be in movies, bro. I want to be a movie star. I want to have my own production company. I want to be, I want to have my own Adam Sandler crew of like actors, which I do collab with every day. And I want to make movies together. I want to be like Seth Rogen and his crew and like Kevin Hart, like just making movies, bro. I want to be in movies with all those people too. I want to be a movie star. I want to fucking do it all. So, um, that's it, man. Like, I just want to change the world by making people laugh and inspiring other people to be great at their craft, just like Kobe did for me. And that's it, man. Like this, that's the game. I love that. I have so much respect for that. And I, <clears throat> I'm, I'm really excited to see how it plays out because I know, I know you're going to get there. It's Thanks, only a matter man. of time. Yeah, and if, that, dude, if you, if you have any shows going on that are in, uh, <clears throat> in the States, I'd love to come out and, and yeah, like, yeah. go to them. Yeah, for that'd, sure. That'd man. I'll be definitely doing some shows in Vegas uh, when I come. I'm gonna oh, for to- sure. Yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. Damn, I'll be able to see you live pretty soon then. Yeah, November. Yeah, I'll be in uh, mid-November. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, okay. before we close it out, because um, this is where we're getting close on time, um, yeah. but for what do you think people today can focus on? What do you think one thing? One thing that people can focus on today that will get them one step closer to their goals and dreams. Just uh, doing something that makes them happy and that they love doing and not worrying about the judgment of other people and, and their input on what they should be doing in their lives. Because that most of the time that never works out. If you're doing something because of someone else, it's never going to work out. It's not sustainable long-term and you're going to be miserable the rest of your life. And what the fuck is the point of living life through that especially because the world's going to shit anyway so just like just do shit while you're here man and we're gonna die eventually um i don't know like if, if this is my last day on earth i always would ask myself like am i happy what am i happy with the way i live my life to this day and if the answer is yes then that's great if not then like you better think about it um same way gary v always talks about like oh, if i go out and like imagine your parents getting like your family getting hit by a bus and now they're gone. Like, were you, are you happy with the way you lived your life until that point? Right. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely the biggest thing for me. 100%. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. And <clears throat> so before we end officially, where can people find you? Where can people go to see your show? If you're a, a Canadian listener, where can people find you? Uh, where can they find you, your show information or your standup? kind of schedule and then for people everybody else where can they find your socials your um where you post your content uh so i post everything on my socials it's uh it's nima naz n-e-e-m-a-n-a-z for the americans (laughs) and (laughs) zed for the canadians um and uh that's it man i'm on tiktok tiktok Um, (laughs) instagram youtube um snapchat like it's all the same name and um i post all my shows on all those platforms all the time i just stay tuned with my stories and on my posts and that's it man i'm all i'm here i'm here to make a difference and be the one of the best comedians of all time so awesome 
That's it. Awesome, bro. I, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to witness it. I appreciate Dude. that, bro. Thank shout you. Out so- Der- shout out Derek Ting. Thank you. Make thank you. Happen. <laughs> Dude, I thank you so much again for hopping on and, and spending your time sharing all of your your story and a bit of your knowledge and everything um i can't wait for you know this to come out and so for everyone who's out there listening right now thank you guys for tuning in and and listening that's this is all we have time for today and we'll catch you on the next episode peace peace Snakes.